Hello guys, welcome to another episode of Lifestyle Architecture Lab. In this show, I talk about lifestyle design, financial freedom, and also dissect the process, behavior, and routines of the personalities who have designed a lifestyle of freedom for themselves. These guests range from artists, musicians, entrepreneurs, lifestyle coaches, investors, professional athletes, etc. These conversations dig deep into their stories to find out their thought process, tools, strategies and tricks that makes them tick. This is happening. Let me just do what I love to. No 9 to 5. Risk comes from not knowing what you're doing. This is Lifestyle Architecture Lab and I'm your host Himanshu Sachdeva. In this episode, I'm talking to Kuntal Joysher, who became the world's first vegan to climb Mount Everest in 2016. And now in 2019, he has again summited Mount Everest from the north side, becoming the only vegan on earth to climb Everest from both the sides. Kuntal's expeditions are driven by compassion as a vegan and he also spreads awareness on dementia. He has also been on the cover of multiple international vegan magazines. Apart from his mountain expeditions, he works as a technology professional and also speaks at various events throughout the globe as public speaker. In this conversation, we talk about his story, how the early exposure to the idea that it's okay to do crazy things seeded his life with the sense of adventure, how his journey as a mountaineer started and the moments when he was first awestruck with the magnificence of Mount Everest. His training regime and advice for people who are aspiring to summit Mount Everest. It's all in this episode. So without further ado, please enjoy this conversation with Kuntal Joysher. Hey Kuntal, welcome to the show. Thank you, thank you so much. Uh, Happy to be here. Yeah, it's been a long time uh, since I wanted to have this conversation. Actually, I think uh, 2016, when you did your first summit, I think on Everest. Indeed. Yeah, at that time, I I was so intrigued and I was actually very much worried when you were doing that because I I don't know how we made that connection somehow and... uh, when you were doing that climb, I was like, we were all praying, like, you do it fine and you come back. When you came back, I wanted to have a conversation with you. But, uh, I mean, there was no platform for me to speak with you on, like, a lengthy right. level. So, right. so then, uh, now when I started this podcast and I was doing these interviews with other interesting people, so I, I again came across when you... Uh, announced that you were going to do the Everest again right. the second time from right. from the other side. Right, right. Yeah, so so it, it was a great opportunity for me to uh, get in touch with you and uh, like invite you for the podcast and you happily obliged. So it, it's my pleasure to have you here today. Right, right. Happy to be here. Again. Yeah. So you are the living proof of the saying that where there is a will, there is a way. Right. 
Yeah, so you have climbed the Everest uh, in 2016 uh, on May 19th. Indeed. Yes, uh, and it was from uh, the south side. And this year again, you have done this amazing uh, feat again. And it was on 23rd of May 2019. It just like four, three, four days uh, difference between two. But after three years. Right, right. So, so what inspired you to do it the second time? I mean, can you describe it a little? What inspired me to do it the second time? Okay. Yes. So climbing Everest has been a big dream of my life. Mm-hmm. Possibly one of the biggest dreams of my life. Mm-hmm. And uh, when I stood on top on May 19th, uh, 2016, yeah. uh, I was on the top as a 100% dietary vegan. Wow. But the dream of my life or the actual project was that I wanted to climb Everest as a 100% vegan. Not just from my diet, but even the clothing I wore. The whole lifestyle, basically. The whole lifestyle. Mm -hmm. Everything. Mm -hmm. It just cannot be the food that I eat, but it is also the clothing I wear. It is also uh, down to the point where even my soap was vegan, down to the point even where my hand sanitizer was vegan. Oh, wow. So I wanted to do it like an end-to-end vegan climb. Okay. Because when I conceived the project first, it was always like, I'm going to climb Everest as a vegan or not climb it at all. Mm-hmm. And so, sure, I climbed as a dietary vegan. Right. And people call me the first vegan in the world to climb Everest. Mm-hmm. But every time I stood up on a stage or I talked to someone and I talked to them about me climbing Everest as a vegan... There was this, there was something burning in the back. You know, peechek, ek tha, ek pata tha ke yaar, maine vegan ki tarah nahi climb ki hai. Right, right. I mean, I have climbed as a vegan, climbed as a dietary vegan, yes. but I still wore a one-piece suit which was uh, built to withstand temperatures of minus 50 degrees Celsius. Wow. But the suit was created from feathers of a slaughtered duck. Mm. So that was a big problem. And on top, I also wore uh, gloves which had leather in them. And both leather and feathers are a skin of an another animal. True, true. And I did not want to wear skin of a dead animal or an animal that was killed for me. Mm-hmm. So that was very clear in my mind that uh, I want to go back to Everest. Mm-hmm. And I want to go back and do it as a 100% vegan. So that's what you did the second time. That's what I did the second time. And the the problem the first time was that the suit tha mm-hmm. and the gloves, tha, mm-hmm. there was no alternative for that. Okay. There was no vegan alternative for that. Okay. So I was trying to build one on my own. I was trying to reach out to various companies mm-hmm. saying, hey, can you help me build this? Can you do this for me? Nothing was working out. Yeah, because maybe there are not much people who want to climb Everest and be a vegan also, right? Right. So there are not many people, but I, there is still a lot of synthetic and animal-friendly gear in the market. Okay, yeah. So... My thinking was that people would be willing to help me uh, or these gear companies would be willing to uh, say, okay, mm-hmm. let's do this innovation. Let's yeah. try this out. Yeah, yeah. But no one was saying yes. Mm-hmm. My climb was coming up. Mm-hmm. And I said, one time, I don't want to use the word compromise. But at the end of the day, if I look at it, it was a compromise of my ethics. Mm-hmm. I said, I will do it for one time because I want to go and prove that a dietary vegan can climb Everest. Right. And I wanted to prove that to the world. Mm-hmm. So one time I thought, 
आई विल वेयर एन एनिमल बट मे बी इन इफेक्ट आई विल सेव थाउजेंड्स ऑफ एनिमल्स इफ आई एम एबल टू इंस्पायर मैनी टू टर्न वीगन और मैनी टू बिकम मोर कम्पैशनेट सो दिस इज ऑल इन माई माइंड दीज ऑल डायलेमास एंड एट द एंड ऑफ द डे सिटिंग हियर राइट नाउ विथ यू आई थिंक इट वॉज अ कॉप आउट ऑन माई पार्ट आई शुड हैव ट्राइड हार्डर आई शुड हैव ट्राइड हार्डर फॉर द एनिमल्स देर आर एटी बिलियन एनिमल्स स्लॉटर्ड फॉर फूड एंड क्लोदिंग एवरी सिंगल ईयर एंड इफ वी गिव अप वी गिव अप ऑन दैम वी गिव अप ऑन द वॉइसलेस दैन हु इज गोइंग टू स्टैंड फॉर दैम सो आई स्टिल थिंक दैट टू थाउजेंड सिक्सटीन एवरेस्ट इन पार्ट I will always consider it as a mistake, a mistake that I made. Mm-hmm. Sure, I climbed it, but I should have climbed it at a as a one hundred percent vegan to begin with. Mm-hmm. Uh, learned a good lesson that try harder. Animals need us. Uh, actually, not animals need us. We need the animals. Right. We need this planet. We need the trees. We need everything. Mm-hmm. So I think for the well-being of this planet and well-being for ourselves, we have to work harder and try harder. I gave up too early. I should not have. Yeah, true. So yeah. that's why I have. That's why I tried harder for the three years after I climbed Everest. Mm-hmm. I found out animal-free alternatives to the gear. So did you make it yourself, or or was it like with a company you collaborated with and they came up with the solution? So first of all, uh, I had already returned to big companies mm-hmm. to build a suit for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, most of them said it's not a viable product. Right. Some of them even said technology doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. So a friend told me that hey why don't you reach out to this company called Save the Duck it's an Italian company and it has always been a pioneer in the synthetic insulation space mm-hmm. and just from the name you can figure out that they really love animals yeah save the duck of save course save the duck so it's not just save the duck it's essentially they don't have any animal uh, based products so i said what shot mm-hmm. so i wrote a facebook message to them and hey i'm climbing lotse in 2018 and i would really like uh, to build this uh, suit uh, can you help me out mm-hmm. and here are my specifications wow and just like every time i was expecting a answer as no uh, but to my uh, surprise within few hours i got a response that mm-hmm. we are very interested in the project wow can you give your phone number we would like to talk to you wow and just like that in few days i was on phone with the chief marketing officer the chief designer of the team and we were talking about uh, the jacket the suit and how they can make it for me right and within 8 months the the suit was ready mhm uh the first ever animal free one piece suit of the world was ready and you wore that and i wore that and i uh, ended up climbing mount lotse okay which is the fourth highest mountain in the world mhm Look, as much as I was super excited about the suit and everything, at the same time, this was a one hundred percent untested product. Right. And no one had to. You were the guinea pig for that. I was the guinea pig myself. Yeah, so yeah. I didn't want to take it directly on Everest. Mm. It didn't make sense. Yes. It course. made sense to try it on a similar mountain, but with slightly lesser risk. Mm-hmm. so that i can test it and figure out if something's wrong then we can improve it right then go back to everest and try it true but it turned out to be an amazing product mm-hmm. state of the art it kept me warm even in minus 35 minus 40 degree celsius and when it did that and when i stood on top of lotse i was i knew you knew at that very moment when i was standing on top of lotse and everest was in front of me mm-hmm. i knew i will go back 
I no one like not even my family knows this because they all they all thought abhi load se karke aayega and he will be done with 8000 meter mountains mm-hmm. but then few months i saw the right time and the right everything mm-hmm. and i like was sitting down with my wife and we were having a conversation about everest and my wife is like now you have the suit why don't you go back and climb everest and i'm like she said look, that my wife is telling me this <laughs> and i already have this idea in my yeah, mind yeah yeah so it's like you inspire the ideas <laughs> actually <laughs> so then it was it was super cool that yeah. she said maybe you should try this out you know you should wow. finish this project that you started 10 years ago mm-hmm. so i'm like i was waiting for you to say something like this and then i'm like yes 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 i'm going now i have all the permission <laughs> all the permission yeah wow amazing yeah, yeah. that's amazing i mean listening to this i mean i'm getting goosebumps a <laughs> little <laughs> um uh, so uh, going back a little uh, when was the first time uh, that you fell in love with the mountains and the climbing world um i think i have um i have grown up in a family where practically i have uh, from maybe first standard to 10th standard i have spent every single weekend of my life uh, in lonavla wow uh, my father was crazy after driving mm mm-hmm. and uh, we would start from bombay at 4 o'clock in the evening mm-hmm. and we would drive to lonavla now back in that day we didn't even have express way no roads yeah the roads were horrendous horrendous yeah it would take us 3 and 1/2 hours to just reach lonavla we would reach lonavla we would have a dinner at uh, the kamach restaurant mm-hmm. and we would drive back that's all like that's we went nice. to take a dinner to lonavla <laughs> that's how i was spending my weekend so of course there was always this thing about uh, mountains in my mind nature and mountains yeah nature and mountains because i was so connected to it uh, every for three summer vacations i remember uh, i spent almost two months in uh, kullu and manali wow uh, specifically not in the proper kullu or manali but in the small villages between kullu and manali mm mm-hmm. and this was of course part of my parents were part of some uh, are part of a religious movement so okay. they were there and i was just there spending two months every year in the mountains uh, even my vacations with school were in darjeeling or nepal so again constant exposure to mountains mm-hmm. not that as a kid i knew that i was ever going to climb everest mm-hmm. and just to tell you that any time and indian is asked the question who climbed everest first mm-hmm. they will say tenjing norge yeah because we think that tenjing sherpa tenjing norge sherpa is an indian mm mm-hmm. uh, he, he, he is indian in the sense that he is an indian citizen but at the end of the day he is a sherpa and he is a nepali nepali yeah yeah, yeah. so True. but still we consider him an indian yeah. and we consider that the indian climbed everest first mm mm-hmm. so growing up he was like my idol he was like my hero mm mm-hmm. but all this said everest was never in my mind in my climbing mind. mountains mm-hmm. was never in my mind because as a kid i really didn't understand uh, that i'm going to be so passionate mm-hmm. but life moved on i did my engineering i did my masters took a job in the us and mm-hmm. i was working having a good life and um, some point into my stay in the us i decided i wanted to come back home to mm-hmm. take care of my father mm-hmm. and um, i was in india came in india and got married had a good job was earning a whole bunch of money mm-hmm. and life was good yeah. like it was pretty straightforward uncomplicated life just how i like mm-hmm. and uh, then dipti my wife and i decided that we wanted to go to shimla mm-hmm. 
the sole goal of the trip was we wanted to see snow <laughs> dipti had never seen snow in her life oh okay and for me it had been almost 20 years back dating back to my uh, stay in manali, manali where i had seen some snow mm-hmm. so both of us were like let's go see some snow yeah and we went to shimla in the winters uh, and um, for the first 6 days it would get overcast every day as if snowfall is going to happen mm-hmm. and nothing would happen okay so we were just waiting waiting we just waiting waiting on daily basis it would get cold some days the heater would not work in the room and we were miserable i'm like kyu aaye idhar hum log kya pagal ho gaye hum log yeah and so those kind of things were happening finally we were like itna karne aaye itna dur tak aaye kuch to hona chahiye snow ka so then we were roaming around in the market mm-hmm. uh, and we meet this driver who said let's go to a place called narkanda and you will definitely see some snow there mm mm-hmm. So next day we drive over the Hindustan Tibet highway for about 75 kilometers and we reach Narkanda. Mhm. And like we are standing in Narkanda near a dhaba. Okay. And 360 panorama of Himalayas with so much snow. Wow. And our driver was like you aapko snow dekhna tha na I'm like hame snow dekhna nahi hame snow chuna tha. <laughs> so he's like okay okay. <laughs> There is this place called Hatu Peak which is about 8 kilometers drive from here. Hatu Peak. Hatu Peak. Mhm. So let's drive there, and uh, you'll be able to touch snow. So we start driving, and about a kilometer or so into the drive, uh, there's about one and a half feet of snow ahead on the road. Wow! So all the like you can't go further. Mm-hmm. So the driver stops, and he's like, uh, "Now you can go and play in the snow." अभी तो आ गए, अभी हो गया सब चलो घर जाते हैं अभी. So anyways, we're like, okay, ठीक है. we go both of us are play in the snow we make snowballs throw at each other it's like kids in a candy store <laughs> yeah. we were like so excited i still every time i remember that i'm like i it was such an amazing feeling yeah yeah and uh, so i said dono humne 15 minute khela i'm like we have come all this way why don't we go a little further mm mm-hmm. so we started walking we didn't tell the driver because if we would have told him he would have said nahi nahi chalo wapas chalo yahan yeah. kahan jaoge koi aadmi nahi hai yes kuch nahi hai so we started walking and uh, frankly speaking i was in no shape to do any of this i was wearing a t-shirt a jeans a chappal i was 110 kilos oh not God. in shape to climb any mountains or trek or do anything mm-hmm. dipti was uh, similarly highly unfit mm-hmm. uh, both unfit people unprepared people uh, unappropriately dressed people <laughs> uh, were walking in the snow yeah and uh, 15 minutes became an hour 2 hours 3 hours 4 hours later we had finished the 8 km trek and we were standing on top of hatu peak wow and uh, if you ask me one point that changed my life uh, it has to be that specific point because hatu peak hatu peak standing on top mm-hmm. uh, it was so quiet on the top that i could actually hear my own heartbeat crystal clear wow like dup dup matlab mujhe do teen second ke liye bahut dar lag raha tha ki kya ho raha hai ye sab and uh, the feeling that i got uh, that you know i share with a lot of people is mm-hmm. uh, you know there are times in life when you think everything is okay but you are almost like sort of just going through motions and doing things mm-hmm. yeah. and that's the sort of situation i was in but i was not uh, i didn't i didn't understand that i was in that situation identify that situation yeah, yeah. uh 
but I was in that situation and like a monotony like just routine yeah ye karna hai ye karna hai because everyone expects you to do that or yeah race mein fas gaya tha main yeah the rat race the rat race yeah. i don't want to call it the rat race yeah, Look, yeah, yeah. so many people run course, that it's i don't want to be judgmental of them correct, just correct. that i was part of that mm-hmm. and i sort of realized that on that morning on hatu peak mm-hmm. and in that moment that feeling that i was getting that feeling of being alive sometimes again as i said you are so much either constantly planning for your future mm-hmm. or constantly pondering over the mistakes you have made in past yeah that between the future and past life to pass hote hi ja raha hai yeah 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 and koi present mein reh nahi raha mm-hmm. so that was happening to me but on that mountain top i was able to live in that very microsecond of the moment yeah and i am like this is it man this hey. is what my calling is clarity i want to live live like this for the rest of my life wow i want to feel like this for rest of my life and as much as this sounds all are kya baatein kar raha hai kya bol raha hai for me this is what happened mm-hmm. i'm like this is the feeling and i want to feel like this for rest of my life and i'm going to chase it no matter what mm-hmm. didn't connect the dots that i felt like this because i was on the mountains yeah so i came back to bombay mm-hmm. and uh, in bombay i thought the next day i'm going to go to work and i'm going to uh, i was building out a company mm-hmm. and uh, i thought when i go and do the work and hire people or figure out the strategy or do things uh, i will get the same feeling mm mm-hmm. and i went to work and i didn't feel that way at all hmm. all i could think was that feeling and going back to the mountains so a few weeks later i decided i'm going to go back to the mountains to see if i actually feel like that again yeah and i actually felt like that again wow so for the next one and a half years i kept going back to mountains over and over and over again mm-hmm. and every time i felt the same i felt alive i felt uh clarity and i was i was just happy yeah you know it's happy word bahut simple hai but kafi logo ke liye bahut complicated ho jata hai but to me for my simple life i was just happy bahut maza aa raha tha life mm-hmm. jab bhi i was in the mountains yeah and just as anyone who's into into hiking or this at some point you will think about everest yeah 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 it's it's just natural so was there any specific point in time when you like decided now i am ready to climb the mountain nahi kaisa hua the big uh, mountain after a year and a half i signed up to just walk to everest base camp okay i knew it was a very challenging trek mm-hmm. and that i had to get ready for it mm-hmm. so i said uh, i have done so many treks now mm-hmm. i have a fair bit of experience in the mountains yeah now i can go walk to everest base camp and then that would be awesome Yeah. I'll get to see the highest mountain in the world, something that I've wa- always wanted to see. Mhm. But still in that point in time you didn't no, have anything in mind. No, didn't have anything in mind. Mhm. Not about climbing as such. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like seriously climbing. Yeah. So I walked to Everest base camp. Mhm. The biggest irony of Everest base camp is that from the base camp you can't see Everest at all. <laughs> is that so? Yeah, so I reached the base camp and I'm like, okay, this is this is great uh, and the scenery is great and the feeling is great and and the achievement is great 
but I want to see Everest. Hmm. And now, I mean, I'd seen Everest before, yeah. many times from the route, but like up close. Up close. Luckily, our team was going to camp at a place called Pumori Base Camp. Pumori is, Base Camp. Which is about two uh, hours away from Everest Base Camp. Okay, okay. But from Pumori Base Camp, you can see Everest like gigantic. In magnificence. In in its all magnificence. Yeah. And there are like two big glacial lakes near the base camp. Mm-hmm. And it's just a, one of the most spectacular places I've ever lived in. Wow. So, so we camped there. And on one of the evenings, we were in the dining tent. And, they, and these uh, Sherpas were shouting my name. Yeah. So I quickly run out. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of the Sherpas says, look at Everest. Wow. <laughs> so I turn around and, and it, it's sunset. And the last rays of uh, sunset are falling on Everest. Mm-hmm. I mean, I have a photo of this. It's it's a huge range. Like, there's so many mountains. Mm-hmm. But every mountain was either in the color of blue or grey. Like, almost getting darker mm-hmm. because of the last rays uh, yeah. of the day. Dying light. And only Everest in the middle, standing out with sun shining on it burning golden in color wow. like burning golden like when you see this scene you are like it's, is this even real stuff <laughs> and wow. i saw everest for the first time like that mm-hmm. and it was it was like how they call it love at first sight mm. for me it was love at first sight everest ko dekha us way mein and i'm like as much as i know it is impossible at the moment for me to mm. right now climb this mountain mm. I'm going to promise myself that I'm going to come back one day and mm. reach the top of the world. Wow. And I will do whatever it takes. Mm-hmm. So that's, I would say that evening was like the biggest trigger point which said, I'm going to do it now. Watching that burning top. It, maybe it was that or maybe it was just that I was going to climb Everest. It was just I needed some push mm-hmm. and I saw Everest that way and I, the whole setting with all the mountaineers and everyone talking about climbing. I'm like, okay, I have finally found the direction and the dream of my life and I'm going to follow it. Hmm. So I think that day in October 2010 is when I finally said, I will climb this mountain. That was the point. Yeah. Wow. And for the first time, how did you start preparing for it? And how long did it take for you for the first time? How many years did you put in? See, by October 2010, when I went to Everest Base Camp, mm-hmm. I was already in pretty decent fitness because going from 110 kilos, I had done my first hike. And after that, I went on many hikes. Mm-hmm. So I was already and signing up for Everest Base Camp. I knew I had to be in good shape. So I was already working out and I was already doing things to becoming better shape. But I still remember uh, two things that my expedition leader of Everest Base Camp trip said, mm-hmm. who's also a guy who... Um, is a very famous mountain climber. So his name is Tim Rippel. He's a Canadian climber uh, who had been putting people on top of Everest for more than 25 plus years. Wow. So he said that there are two secrets behind climbing Everest. Uh, the first secret is superior cardiovascular endurance. Mm-hmm. Uh, Basically your lungs should be very, very, very strong. Lungs and heart both. And heart, yeah. Uh, so that was something from a very physical fitness perspective. Mm-hmm. So I know, okay. But then his second statement was, to climb to the top of the world, you need a top of the world body and a top of the world mind. Mm. 
and as i went further in the journey i quickly realized that body was only 20% mind was 80% or some would even say even 90% wow it is all in the mind mm-hmm. but the easier thing to do was gaining physical fitness first first step the very first step yeah uh, so i started with saying i am going to build a top of the world body mm-hmm. to climb mount everest mm-hmm. uh, i'm not going to go very detailed into my physical fitness yeah. regimen yeah. but at a very high level i did three things uh, uh i wanted to build a superior cardiovascular endurance mm-hmm. number one mm-hmm. number two i wanted to build decent strength in my body mm-hmm. because i truly think that uh, both cardio and strength are complementary correct and without strength you will never get the cardio true and you will need cardio uh, to also build strength. i mean it's just both it's a balance, balance of both yeah you have to balance yeah, both. Yeah, yeah yeah because sometimes your strength may be less and your cardio may be high yeah and you may push and get injured yeah yeah because you don't have strength because sometimes i see bulky gym guys but they cannot run so much they cannot do anything yeah <laughs> so kya kaam ka utna bulk true 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 so so to me i wanted a good balance between the two yeah and for cardio i thought that a smartest thing to do would be to start off with some good cardio activity mm-hmm. so my first activity that i actually started doing very seriously in a focused fashion was running mm-hmm. i practically ended up signing up for every and any marathon that was held in bombay <laughs> and uh, i was not a runner yeah i started by running 15 minutes 30 minutes 1 hour and as soon as i hit 1 hour I signed up for my first marathon which was a 10k. Mm-hmm. I run several 10k's and then I thought okay I should run 21k. So I started running a whole bunch of 21k's. Mm-hmm. And for practice I used to go at Eastern Express Highway in Mumbai. Yeah yeah yeah. And on one of the evenings as I was running on Eastern Express Highway I suddenly realized that the road is just flat. Mhm. Yeah. Like it is endless. It is highly boring. Yeah. there are cars everywhere they are constantly honking at me yeah there is constant pollution mm-hmm. and i'm like i'm doing this activity but i just simply do not enjoy it yeah so i came home and i said i'm never going to run in life and since that day till now i have never run in life wow <laughs> and uh, it i don't know i am al- i will always be thankful to running because running is what gave me that base cardio fitness mm-hmm. yeah it was great it was very easily accessible i could just wake up in the morning go run uh in the evening just go out of home you don't need any specialized equipment just shoes uh clothes and you can go run mm-hmm. straight forward and it gives you great fitness yeah so i really really appreciate that i ran and i got that physical fitness but then i switched to doing a lot of stair climbing mm-hmm. stair climbing uh my building has five floors okay so i started climbing my building like 20 times uh, 30 wow. times <laughs> i ended up climbing it sometimes 80 times 100 times going to almost 500 floors oh so two and a half three hours of just going up and down and i started ramping up my cardiovascular fitness to the next level mm-hmm. the only problem was it turned out to be pretty similar to r- running again got boring it just was in a building you're seeing the same door sometimes it got very dampy inside the building yeah. it got very crampy inside the building the air was not great anymore mm-hmm. so i'm like okay what you know what as much as stair climbing is great until date i have all the people who reach out to me i ask them to stair climb mm-hmm. but i'm going to say that i don't stair climb mm-hmm. i've done it but i no longer do it 
and i finally switched to the activity that i do even till today which is essentially hiking mm-hmm. so i hike almost four times a week oh, four I'll, times a week i'll go on a monday wednesday and a thursday and then in the weekend i will do a long hike okay uh, but essentially my cardio activity is uh, is hiking mm mm-hmm. that's about it so mm-hmm. i just hike and that's my cardio activity no more running no more any kind of other training purely hiking it works out exactly the same muscles that are going to be used when i'm on the mountain yeah so i'm able to build fair bit of muscle memory also mm-hmm. but that's my cardio vascular activity uh, one piece of advice that i want to give to your viewers is that there are many cardio activities like cycling running swimming hiking stair climbing so kit training i mean i can list down n number n of n number of things uh, things yeah, yeah i would suggest do what you enjoy mm. because if you enjoy a certain activity you will be able to sustain it over a long period of time right it's just as simple as that i enjoy hiking so i hike uh, and i don't make any excuses are main kabhi uthunga are main kab kabhi pahunchunga are main kaise wapas ghar aaunga no excuses mm. i wake up at 4 in the morning uh take a train at 5 which is first train from mumbai get to the base of the mountains finish my hike by 9915 mm-hmm. take the train back 1045 i am back in mumbai 11 o'clock i shower and i'm down to work wow okay so people say how can i pull this off in a weekday i truly think as you said in the beginning of your show if there is a will there is always a way true True. तो अगर तुम्हें अंदर से कॉलिंग आया है तो तुम करोगे नहीं आया है तो तुम हजार एक्सक्यूजेस दोगे ये मेरे दिमाग में ऐसे बैठा है सो आई फिगर आउट हाउ आई एम गोइंग टू सेट माय लाइफ अराउंड माय ट्रेनिंग एंड आई हैव डन दैट सो कार्डियो किया स्ट्रेंथ ट्रेनिंग इज प्रेडी स्ट्रेट फॉरवर्ड आई डोंट हैव टू टॉक अबाउट ट्रेनिंग स्पेसिफिक बट आई जस्ट वॉन्ट टू स्ट्रेस ऑन द इम्पोर्टेंस दैट इफ आई डू फोर cardio workouts in a week then i will end up doing at least two strength workouts in a week in the gym a, not in the gym i will mostly go uh, in an open floor uh, no machine kind of a setup okay uh, so that i'm using either my body weight or simple free weights like maybe 3 kilos or 5 kilos and then just working out uh, very very simple fundamental exercises like pull ups push ups body weight training basically pretty much body weight training mm-hmm. uh so that's all i focus on Uh, I don't think you really need fancy machines, and uh, you need don't need to pay a lot of money. Even if you have a simple park outside your home or accessible from your home, you can save a lot of money and just go work out in the park. Yeah, as simple as that. Of course. Uh, for before I end this section, uh, for my Everest climb, what I also did research is what's the blueprint of a successful climber. okay because it's very important to see what has made others successful because mm-hmm. you can learn a lot from that you can that. replicate something from there right so in my research i looked at about 15 to 16 everest climbers mm-hmm. and one pattern that emerged out of this is that each one had a resting heart rate of around 40 on average okay. 40 40 so i knew that my resting heart rate has to be 40 mm-hmm. I didn't uh, uh, try and you know look at in technical details. Mm-hmm. All I understood is that if your resting heart rate is forty, your heart is very very efficient mm-hmm. in sending blood across the body because it needs that many lesser beats. Right. 
and that it's going to last longer when I go up in the mountains and even in my general life, day-to-day life. True, true. So I said I have to get my resting heart rate down to 40. And I started reading up on internet, just like I'm an engineer, so I like reverse engineering things. Yeah, so yeah, I said, Chalo, instead, I will, you know, back figure out. Backtrack this, yeah. Backtrack. So research there is a form of exercising called high intensity interval training. Yeah. HIIT. HIIT. Yeah. A uh, lot of people do crossfit, a lot of people do other versions of it. Mm-hmm. But essentially HIIT. Uh, where you uh, are in bursts of really, really high uh, heart rate workout. Yeah. And then you let it fall and then you let it climb up again. Yeah. These are short 15-20 minute workouts. Yeah. So I said, chalo, try karte. So over a period of two years, mm-hmm. in my run up to Everest, mm-hmm. I did HIIT uh, a lot. Mm-hmm. It was almost as if I was doing two cardio workouts, two strength workouts. And three or four HIIT workouts. Yeah, yeah. Before I went to my first attempt of Everest in 2014, mm-hmm. my heart rate was, uh, resting heart rate was down to 44. 44. And I was pretty wow. reasonably happy with that. I so don't I, know anyone who has a resting heart okay. rate of 44. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so, so it was pretty good. Yeah. I, I pe- felt pretty solid. Yeah, I yeah. could uh, see that my body is like really strong. Mm-hmm. I have that cardio performance. Mm-hmm. So it, it was pretty good. So this is the three things that I sort of did to build a solid base, uh, physical fitness yeah, to climb Mount fun. Everest. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, mental fitness is another another ball game because yeah. it requires uh, it, it's it's just something else. But anyways, it's not just physical fitness. Mm-hmm. Uh, in addition to doing all this, I was practically spending. Two to three months in the mountains every year. Wow. I was doing, I think on average, I was doing six to eight expeditions every year. Six these to are, eight expeditions. These are small expeditions and these are also big expeditions. Mm-hmm. Uh, small expeditions in the sense maybe around six to eight days. Mm-hmm. And then big expeditions also range to almost about 35 days. 35 days. So I was almost spending two to three months every year in the going mountains. and doing these things. Yeah. And... It's not as if I was climbing the mountain every time. There Mm -hmm. were several failures that happened during this time. So, the idea was to build a whole bunch of experience. Correct. I had physical fitness Mm -hmm. that I was continually building. Mm -hmm. I was mixing it up with a lot of experience on the mountains. Um, And yeah, I ended up also... I forgot to mention... um, After I came back from Everest Base Camp... Mm -hmm. And I decided that I wanted to do Everest... Mm -hmm. The very first thing I did is actually I signed up for a mountaineering course. Mountaineering course. Because okay. I also think that in addition to physical fitness and experience, uh, mountaineering skills are also very important. Yeah. Most people don't realize that. Uh, they think that are Everest, Sherpa log chada denge, koi dhakka maar dega, kuch ho jayega, ye wo, skills nahi chahiye. But let me tell you, uh, as much as Everest is a guided fixed ascent, mm-hmm. uh, Imagine if something goes wrong. Let's say you have fallen down into a crevasse. Wow. <laughs> you are hanging off a rope. Mm-hmm. Your life is hanging off a rope. Mm-hmm. Now a guide comes in front of you and says, Kuntal, make a prusik. Take it on the side. Then take it on the side. Now imagine if I have never even heard of any of this. 
I I haven't am, I don't know what you are saying. So am I a liability or I would be a hundred yeah, percent yeah. liability you to everyone liability. on the mountain? Of course, yeah. So to me, it was important that my foundation was very strong. Because mm-hmm. foundation pe skyscraper acha banega. Right. Uske bina kuch nahi hone wala hai kam. True. So I said, acha mountaineering skills le lete hain. Agar Everest mein nahi kam aayega, to zindagi mein to kam kahin to aayi jayega. Hmm. Yeah. But doesn't mean that I'm going to cut corners and going to take shortcuts. वो नहीं करने वाला था मैं. Yes. So it was sort of a combination of so many things mm-hmm. that gave me that top of the world mind and body, mm-hmm. and that finally I thought that I was ready to climb Everest. Mm-hmm. And this only happened almost after four years of training that I said I feel pretty confident now. Now I can go. Now I can go. Now I think I'm ready. Mm-hmm. Let's let's think about the first attempt. For the first time, when you uh, climbed the mountain, how many attempts did you take? As you said, the first attempt. So, how many attempts were there? Right. So, uh, finally, in two thousand th- late two thousand thirteen, I decided I was ready, mm-hmm. and I signed up for uh, my first attempt of Everest in two thousand fourteen. Mm-hmm. Uh, we started climbing on third April. Mm-hmm. Uh, we reached the base camp around eleventh, twelfth April. Mm-hmm. We started uh, sort of uh, training, and there are really nice ice towers above uh, near the Everest base camp. Mm-hmm. We went there, and we were training our revising our ice skills and all of those things. And then on April eighteenth, uh, a very big accident happened in the Khumbu ice fall section of the mountain. Seventeen mm-hmm. um, Sherpa guides were killed. Oh my god! In a single instant. uh when big chunks of ice fell off the western shoulder of everest oh my god this is not a typical avalanche it is an ice avalanche mm-hmm. and uh, it it was one of the most for me it was like a shocking event terrifying event yeah so for the next one week a whole bunch of things happened mm-hmm. i don't want to get into any of what happened the politics and everything yeah yeah but at the end of it it was decided that the mountain was unsafe that year mm mm-hmm. and that we were all going to turn around and go home mm-hmm. and to me it was like it's okay yeah i didn't want to climb in a risky fashion and i didn't want to climb when the sherpas were uh when they didn't want to climb yeah and such a tragedy had hit them yes so i'm like okay yes it was a huge huge disaster for me mm-hmm. because i had found a sponsor who had uh, sponsored my entire climb mm-hmm. climbing everest takes almost 30 lakh rupees wow and all of that money was gone but again against the humanitarian tragedy that happened uh, mm-hmm. on everest it mm-hmm. didn't it, i was like okay yeah. we i i said okay let's work out for another year mm-hmm. let's train hard mm-hmm. we will come back next year and do it uh, so i trained hard for an entire uh, 2014 leading up to 2015 came back in 2015 mm-hmm. now this year went a little bit well mm-hmm. uh we reached the mountain we finished our training yeah and we started our acclimatization rotations in now let, that was in 2015 right r- right right yeah, yeah yeah let me tell you something about everest yeah it's not as if you just show up at the base camp and you climb up the mountain mm-hmm. that's not how it works yeah your body simply cannot adjust to the altitudes of everest yeah so it's a simple process or it's a uh, not a sim- It's a simple process, but it's a slightly long process called uh, climb high, sleep low. Climb high, sleep low. And mm-hmm. essentially, what you do is 
you go from base camp mm-hmm. which is at 18000 feet to wow. let's say about 21000 feet mm-hmm. you stay a few nights mm-hmm. this allows your body to create extra red blood cells mm-hmm. which can supply oxygen to uh, your body parts in that uh, high altitude at high altitude situations. where the the oxygen pre- where the air pressure is less mm-hmm. now the the more you stay at high altitude your body is breaking down and wearing and tearing mm-hmm. so you have to come back down yeah so you stay a few uh, nights you let your body acclimatize mm-hmm. you come down you recover you eat food you let your body rebuild so that's what is like sleeping sleeping sleep low yeah and then you go back up again mm mm-hmm. This time instead of 21000 feet you go to 24000 feet. Okay, go higher and higher. Mm-hmm. And you sleep a few nights mm-hmm. and you come back down. Mm-hmm. Now once you have done this, this process takes about 30 35 days. Wow. Once you have done this your body is ready to climb Mount Everest in one shot. Wow. So in 2015 we had finished our first acclimatization rotation those 35 days. Not 35 days, just first piece of it. Okay, so just first piece. First yeah. piece of mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. and we were back down at the base camp yeah and this time people were like happy are chalo is time aage badhe chalo ho jayega is saal yes. jo bhi hai. and then suddenly we were hit by the biggest earthquake to hit nepal in a century yeah a yeah. 7.9 magnitude earthquake yeah yeah that was a tragic moment and that earthquake also caused a big avalanche at the base camp yeah i remember one viral video which you right. which which it was your video i right, think yeah right, right. so you were coming out with a gopro and the avalanche was coming and you guys were like uh, flooded with the snow and right, then right. oh my god wow right. yeah right to me when i first of all just give you an idea mm-hmm. we didn't even realize that the avalanche was coming because we were looking in the wrong direction It's not until people in front of us started running in the opposite direction hmm. that we realized that kuch gadbad hai hum kyun aise dekh rahe hain and then we turned around and as you see in the video yeah instantly there's a giant avalanche in front of us yeah i mean a lot of people ask me kya chal raha tha dimag mein hmm. and i mean frankly speaking i didn't think that i was going to die Hmm. I was actually very certain that I was going to die. मतलब मैंने तो सोच लिया सोच प्रेयर्स भी बोल लिए हो गया सब चलो आज टाटा बाय बाय पूरे घर को खत्म आज जिंदगी खत्म हो जाने वाली है. Oh my God. So those we were simply very lucky to get out of that avalanche. Yeah. But twenty uh, one people died at the base camp. Hmm. Oh. More than sixty were very badly injured. Hmm. Uh, and most of them trauma kind of injuries. Hmm. we saw this japanese couple the lady's face matlab i think her face was hit by a rock possibly oh so you could God. see like you know pieces of like flesh on her face and so gruesome deaths that people underwent mm-hmm. uh but forget base camp 10000 people died in nepal yeah. yeah more than half a million were living on the roads mm-hmm. because they didn't know whether their houses were any more safe nepal was almost wiped off right wiped, it, it was a terrible tragedy and this time it was not an average tragedy yeah. this time it was like a unprecedented tragedy across nepal right, right and in this situation when we were so lucky and the mountain me problem kya tha that after shocks were continuing to happen yeah imagine if anyone climbed the mountain and another small avalanche came and killed people on everest oh my god hmm. already itne log mar gaye hmm. already itna halla gulla chal raha hai puri countries in chaos 
एंड हमें क्लाइंबिंग की पड़ी है इट जस्ट सिंपली डिड नॉट मेक सेंस टू क्लाइम ऑल ऑफ अस कैंसल्ड आर क्लाइम्स टर्न अराउंड केम होम आई टोल्ड माई सेल्फ एक और साल में वेट करने को रेडी हूँ भाई ड्रीम तो मेरा ही है बट वेन आई केम होम मॉम डैम लाइक मॉम वाइफ एड सीन दीडियो वीडियो एंड देवर लाइक Is it we safe? just slightly missed it. <laughs> Is it safe? Do you want to go back again? And they were like only worried about my safety. Yeah. And then there are a whole bunch of people who are saying, "Yar, mat jao. Kyu pagal? Kya pagal pan hai? Is it? But you are behind the scenes. Yeah. You are a Gujarati. You should be looking at running a business. What are you? What all shit you are doing in life? And <laughs> all some people, some people even came and said, "Yar, you just simply don't have what it takes to climb this mountain." Oh दो साल God. से जा रहे हो इतना पैसा बर्बाद कर दिया है क्यों जा रहे हो कर कर तो पानी रहे हो सो सो मेनी थिंग्स हैपनिंग एंड आई एम लाइक बॉस आई डोंट गिव अ शिट अबाउट यू गाइस ऑल आई केयर अबाउट इज माय ड्रीम एंड माय पैशन एंड आई एम गोइंग टू स्टे फोकस्ड आई एम गोइंग टू ट्रेन हार्डर दिस ईयर आई एम गोइंग टू गो द मोस्ट रेडी आई एम एवर इन माई लाइफ नेक्स्ट ईयर एंड गिव इट द बेस्ट शॉट दैट आई हैव सो ट्रेन फॉर योर बैक इन अप्रिल टू थाउजेंड वापस पहुंच गया एवरेस्ट क्लाइम करने थर्ड टाइम इन रो आई वॉज एट द बेस कैम्प इन टू थाउजेंड सिक्सटीनटलेस ईयर नो एवलॉन्च नथिंग कुछ नहीं हुआ बेस कैंप अच्छे से पहुंच गया एक्लेमेटाइजेशन का जो क्लाइम हाई स्लीप लो का ट्वेंटी फाइव थर्टी डेज था स्ट्रेट फॉरवर्ड निकल गए Started the summit push, camp one, camp two, camp three, camp four. Everything perfect. Mingma, my Sherpa, uh, we started walking at around nine in the night mm-hmm. uh, from last camp. Okay. Uh, camp four is also known as South Coal. South Coal. South Coal, mm-hmm. and it's it's also in an area called the Death Zone. Okay. Mm-hmm. So Death Zone is this imaginary line, mm-hmm. uh, and in this zone. Uh, Human bodies cannot acclimatize, mm-hmm. not with oxygen or not, with, of course not without oxygen. Yeah. But even if you take bottled oxygen, you cannot acclimatize. Mm. So you are literally on borrowed time in this zone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Every moment that you are in the death zone, mm-hmm. you are closer to your death. Yeah. So you have to go in the death zone, climb the mountain, and get the heck out of the death zone. Yeah. So you started our climb in the night, and I remember nine twenty in the morning. I took those final ten steps to the top of Everest, 19th. and nineteenth May. Yeah, so I'll never forget that. Wow, <laughs> my first time on Everest, and uh, and I think if कोई पूछेगा मेरे thirty nine years की life का के सबसे best moments क्या थे? They will always be the first time on Everest. Those twenty minutes that I spent, and I kept telling everyone that for getting those twenty minutes back, I will be more than happy to go back on Everest. Mm-hmm. and i went back on everest <laughs> yeah and i got to the top yeah but i did not feel like that i think wo jo 20 minute guzar gaye wo 20 minute guzar gaye they will mm-hmm. always be memories and i always the golden moments the golden moments yeah yeah of course wow <laughs> yeah <laughs> all right so uh moving forward uh, can you also talk about uh, your life apart from the mountains like uh, how did your career go apart from the mountaineering because that's the main uh, thing which you are doing right professionally right. No, i am not a professional i'm i'm professionally i'm not a mountaineer professionally i'm a software engineer yeah yeah right mountaineering is just a just a passion right so um 
आई स्टिल रिमेंबर मैं आई हैड कम बैक फ्रॉम एवरेस्ट बेस कैंप एंड आई इन अक्टूबर टू थाउजेंड एंड आई कॉल्ड माई सी ओ रॉन एंड आई सेड रॉन आई रियली जस्ट वॉन्ट टू क्विट द जॉब एंड गो क्लाइम एवरेस्ट एंड ही इज लाइक आई थिंक यू शुड कंसिडर क्लाइंबिंग टू द मून इंस्टेड ही न्यू आई वॉज नॉट गोइंट टू डू इट uh he was joking of course uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah uh the good thing is that both my bosses ron and chris they ended up talking me out of quitting the job okay uh chris specifically told me a really uh a good point he said that even if you're going to go train and climb everest mm-hmm. you still have to pay the bills at the end of the day true true and you are very valuable to the company mm mm-hmm. so we are not telling you to be the director of india operations mm-hmm. but what we are asking you instead is to become a individual contributor for our company yeah so go back to what you started as you started as a software engineer mm-hmm. and you are still a very talented software engineer mm-hmm. so why don't you go back to writing code mm-hmm. we will continue paying you we will give you as much time off that you require so wow. you can train you can climb but in the time that you are available mm-hmm. work for us build our software mm-hmm. wow uh, so we are ask so it's it's a win win for both yeah it's a win win yeah i get to train i get to follow my passion mm-hmm. of course uh, most people think that i killed my career that very day mm-hmm. but i really think that i did what was important to me yeah of course and i think to your viewers i also want to tell that it's important to prioritize what's important to you in life yes and to me mountains and my passion was important passion is important yeah and luckily with support of my employer mm-hmm. i was also able to stay employed mm-hmm. uh, earn money and pay my bills Th- that's a heck of a company i think <laughs> <laughs> um since then i have uh, never had a full time job in life mm-hmm. wow i continue working part time mm-hmm. i continue working in this same fashion I continue training hard I continue climbing mountains mm-hmm. and every time I'm in Mumbai uh and I have time I work I earn money so that I can pay my bills wow so part time working in technology industry and full time climbing the climbing. mountain Indeed. mountains that that's how sort of my career has gone by most people are not happy a lot of people in my family are not happy with how my career has gone by yeah. not in my immediate family but in my friend circle and my extended family yeah but i'm pretty happy hmm. and you were working with this company in us right earlier i used to work for the same company in the us mm-hmm. uh and i came back in india i continued working for them yeah so it's almost as if my association with them has been for last 17 18 years wow as since you started your career probably practically yeah yeah and and as you were mentioning about your father you came back to india for uh, his care right So, right so few years or i would say almost more than a decade and half ago my father was diagnosed with with this disease called lewy body dementia mm-hmm. it's called lbd lbd and uh, it shares characteristics similar to alzheimers mm-hmm. which happens naturally in older age right they start losing memory right yeah uh, and there's a whole bunch of more things that yeah, happen yeah 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 Uh, so i knew that at some point my mother is going to require a lot of support to take care of my father true true and when i was in the us i knew that once i had enough experience in my job i would 
come back home to take care of my father mm-hmm. uh and it's almost during that time that my company in the US made an acquisition in Mumbai wow so i'm like this is great destiny basically <laughs> i'm just going to go back now yeah i have no interest in living in the united states anyway mm-hmm. let's go back uh, to home yeah. let's take care of my parents yeah and that's what i wanted to do so yeah i got back home in late 2006 and i've been here wow and uh, can you also share a little bit about your childhood as uh, in the pre recording we were discussing and uh, you shared a little bit about your father as well and he was doing so many things he was taking you to lonavla and all these mountains so how did your childhood shaped you into the person you are today um i mean from a lot that i've learned from my father mm-hmm. i don't think he directly taught me any of those things yeah a lot of that was merely from observation or merely from the fact that he was doing these crazy things i thought doing crazy things is okay hmm. like he's a gujarat like a kachi gujarati businessman yeah uh, we had a castor oil refinery factory mm-hmm. and he was always someone who ran the factory mm-hmm. he was never the guy who could do marketing or anything mm-hmm. he was this hands on guy who always had to do like build boilers and mm-hmm. figure out uh, what the chemical ratios are and he didn't even have any any real education background in that mm-hmm. but he was always this mind who was into all of those things mm-hmm. uh, i still remember uh, as we were d- discussing during the pre recording that yeah i don't know of anyone in my extended family in my friends in my anyone's family that i know of who have farmed earthworms earthworms and my, and i still remember oh my god <laughs> once i was at the factory and there were and he had almost purchased like 10 lakh earthworms oh my god and he god. was farming them i'm like and look today as a grown up i look back upon that and i'm like my dad was crazy <laughs> i i think kuch कहीं क्योंकि मेरे सारे फैमिली में ऐसा कोई नहीं है तो कहीं कुछ तो हो गया जिसकी वजह से यू नो कोई डीएनए में एक स्विच फ्लिप हो गया जिनसे यू नो वो थोड़े हटके ही निकले एंड आई थिंक दैट जीन पॉसिबली पास ऑन टू मी विच इज वेयर आई फील दैट मैं भी हटके हूँ या आई थिंक मैं हटके हूँ बट सो या आई मीन दीज सो आई थिंक अ लॉर्ड ऑफ इट वॉज फ्रॉम जस्ट सींग हिम एंड like okay this is fine doing these crazy things yeah, it's, farming it's, earth worms and or going and doing uh, like every weekend the reason he was going to lonavla is because he knew an organic farmer there oh so going and meeting the organic farmer i mean who had heard about organic vegetables in 1989 i don't think anyone had i was born just a year <laughs> before <laughs> i mean organic movements sab abhi ho raha india yes, mein last yes, 5 6 saal mein of course yeah. this is back like i'm talking 3 decades ago he was doing all this stuff wow so maybe he was a genius at that time i <laughs> <laughs> yeah anyway so to me a lot of that was sort of just i feel my adventure gene or this gene to go outside the comfort zone and do things mm-hmm. i've gotten from him mm-hmm. uh at the same time most people who knew me in my childhood my f- school friends or my college friends know me as this guy who was super lazy mm-hmm. and agar ek floor bhi chadna hai to lift lega 
<laughs> तो देन यू वर क्लाइंबिंग स्टेयर लाइक फाइव हंड्रेड फाइव हंड्रेड सो देस नॉट है आईधर आई एम गोइंग टू बी ऑन द साइड ऑफ एपथी or if i know the issue i will be on the opposite side of apathy i mm. will do everything i can about that issue right to mere liye middle ground nahi hai kyunki aap kuch acha kar rahe ho to aapko kyun acha cheez moderation mein karna hai if you feel about it then you have to go full if you're passionate in. about it you can't you can't do your passion in moderation i yeah. just i find that attitude to be terrible that you have to do your passion in moderation no Yeah. I'm passionate about it. I'm going to do it with passion. Yeah. How can I do it with moderation? So, my logic me, that thing is not sitting. Yeah. So, the moment I went into fitness, mm-hmm. I'm passionate about fitness. I'm passionate about mountain climbing. I'm passionate about veganism. I'm passionate about animal rights. I'm going to do it with passion. Mm-hmm. Go full in or go all in. at all. Go all in or not at all, or then stay on the side. Yeah, of course. it may not be the best approach but that's my approach yeah of course everyone has a different approach yeah. to life some people say like everything in moderation there are some people i know who does right. that right and they are good at it but yeah. they are doing yeah yeah <laughs> yeah and as you said uh, life of compassion so uh, how did you turn vegan in the first place and it's like almost uh, 19 years 17 years now, 17 yeah. years 17 since years, yeah. you turned vegan so uh, first of all how did you turn vegan and uh, second thing is what kind of challenges you faced uh, till now like in india basically uh, as a vegan so i turned vegan when i was in the us yeah uh, and one of my university roommates was uh, is the one who inspired me to turn vegan mm-hmm. basically he looked at the choices that i was making in my day to day life mm-hmm. like i always called myself a vegetarian yeah. and a vegetarian for animals mm-hmm. so he's like okay you are vegetarian for animals but you wear a leather belt <laughs> yeah and you are vegetarian for animals but you eat eggs yeah and then you are a vegetarian for animals but you drink milk so i'm like what's the problem with all those three things yeah so he started sending me a lot of literature uh, around the cruelty in the dairy and the leather industry mm-hmm. and the egg industry mm-hmm. i started reading up these things mm-hmm. and i connected the dots that there is no difference between a piece of beef mm-hmm. a glass of milk a belt of leather or a piece of cheese wow and if i'm so against eating beef or chicken or against any kind of meat mm-hmm. then how am i doing any other things it's as cruel as it it's as, as cruel if not more actually yeah imagine a cow that is being raised for beef mm-hmm. it's going to be grown mm-hmm. like a plant yeah like a shelf object it's going to be slaughtered as if it does not want to live mm-hmm. and it's going to be eaten chalo suffering to khatam hua at least mm. now imagine a cow being grown for dairy mm. that cow is going to be grown mm-hmm. that cow is going to be artificially impregnated against its wishes mm. against her wishes yeah it is going to have a baby yeah that baby is going to be separated from her so that amount of torture mm-hmm. she will give milk for next few months yeah and then she will be made pregnant again to 6 8 saal jab tak wo doodh de rahi hai tabhi tak usko pregnant karte raho uska doodh nikalte raho uske bachde ko usse separate kar do taki hum uska doodh pee sake after that she is anyways going to be slaughtered and eaten for beef and made a leather belt 
So to me, I feel that dairy leather is far more cruel than, than beef. Than the slaughterhouses. Than the slaughterhouses. Yeah. So when I connected those dots, I'm like, I'm a hypocritical vegetarian, boss. Yeah. Either I have to take a stand, do And, something about it. Yeah. Or you know, वही जो मैंने बोला ना, या तो apathy side पे रह जाओ. Yeah, go on the other side. Yeah, तो go on And the other go side. Go full in. Go all in. Yeah. So I said, "Boy, I am a compassionate person. I truly care about other sentient life on the planet, and I am going to take a. Cho- I am going to make a choice. Mm-hmm. And for me, the choice was essentially going vegan. Yeah. And that was a bare minimum. Okay. उस दिन मैंने मेरे घर में शैम्पू से लेके टूटपेस से लेके वुलन स्वेटर से लेके लेदर बेल्ट एवरीथिंग दैट आई हैड इन माई होम आई कैप्ट इट ऑन द साइड आई सेड आई एम अ वीगन ये फेक नहीं दूंगा किसी को दे दूंगा ताकि लुक यू ऑल्सो हैव टू बी लिटल कॉन्शियस टूवर्ड्स द प्लानट करेक्ट बिकॉज यू आर बाइंग ऑल दीज थिंग्स एंड यू आर गोन टू थ्रो दैम अवे कहाँ रिसाइकल होगा कचरे में जाएगा स्वेटर बाय तो हो गया है क्रोल्टी हो गया तुमने खरीद लिया स्वेटर अभी फेक दोगे तो इट्स वर्स डिसीजन टू मेक माइट एज समन वेर इट वेर इट इल द एंड ऑफ लाइफ सो दैट्स वॉट आई डिड and that's what i am a vegan uh, i am a vegan for animals and i will always be a vegan for animals yeah. everything else comes later true and you were also on the cover of the vegan magazine after the first time you climbed right indeed indeed yeah. that that was a pretty <laughs> cool thing yeah and and i remember still remember you uh, took a flag labeled vegan and took it with the, you on top of the mount everest right for yeah, the first yeah. time yeah i the first time i was on top i had a flag which was uh, which said word vegan vegan yeah and then second time when i was on top of everest yeah i had a vegan flag in my hand mm-hmm. vegans now have a flag so it has a v and it's internationally recognized flag for vegans wow. if you search on internet it's called vegan flag and I'll you can check just it out. get it yeah. so yeah i had that on the top wow and uh, what kind of challenges you faced in india while like being a vegan in united states and uh, outside india maybe in european nations it's a little easier i think right. but in india i think half of the india is already vegetarian but like dairy is a major factor so how did you like encounter that i will first of all a correction 29% of india is vegetarian 29 71% of india is non vegetarian oh So wow. as much as India is the largest vegetarian country in the world mm-hmm. India is also one of the biggest non-vegetarian countries in the world as well Yeah because that's a major population major population stating 71% 71% is almost close to 900 million people who wow. are non-vegetarian that's three times the size of United States <laughs> Wow Okay so um that said of course India has a big 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 vegetarianism because India is a land of ahimsa and yeah. and land of compassion तो वो सब है बट द बिगेस्ट प्रॉब्लम आई एक्चुअली फेस्ड वॉज नॉट द लैक ऑफ अवेलेबिलिटी ऑफ वीगन फूड आर फूड इज ऑलरेडी वीगन रोटी सब्जी दाल भात एज लॉन्ग एज यू डोंट पुट घी पनीर एंड एनी ऑफ द स्टफ इन इट इज ऑलरेडी वीगन ऑल द फ्रूट्स एवरी ऑल द वेजिटेबल्स एवरीथिंग इज वीगन सो बाई डिफॉल्ट इंडिया हैज अ प्रिटी स्ट्रॉन्ग वीगन डाइट The bigger problem I faced was the perception of people that I had to manage. The social stigma. <laughs> the the social issues. Yeah. Like when I came back, someone invited me for a dinner. Yeah. Now they are serving me pav bhaji. <laughs> Now I asked them multiple times, "Have you put butter in this?" Mm-hmm. They are like, "No, we have not put butter. We know you are a vegan, so you have, we have made an oil." Yeah. But when I eat the pav bhaji, I know there is butter in it. Yeah. So then they are like, "Thoda butter me kya problem hai?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm like, 
अगर मैंने आपके पाव भाजी में एक पीस मीट डाल दिया और मैंने बोला कि थोड़ा मीट में क्या प्रॉब्लम है सो so, वो सोच ही नहीं रहे कि डेरी में क्या प्रॉब्लम है राइट दे आर लाइक थोड़ा डेरी डाल दिया तो क्या हो जाएगा यार वेजिटेरियन ही तो है सो दे वर नॉट अंडरस्टैंडिंग माई वीगनिज्म बिग प्रॉब्लम फॉर द फर्स्ट फ्यू मंथ्स आई ट्राइड फाइटिंग इट थोड़ा मैं उनसे यू नो बोल रहा था ऐसा क्यों कर रहे हो क्या एंगेज इन डिबेट्स एंड ऑल ऑफ दोज थिंग्स बट देन आई केप्ट माई वीगनिज्म टू माई सेल्फ किसी के भी घर पे गया आई वुड कॉल देम अपफ्रंट एंड से आई एम अ वीगन वुड रियली अप्रीशिएट अगर आप ऐसा खाना बनाओ मेरे लिए एंड वट एवर दे कुकड विदाउट डिबेट आई एट इट इवन इफ इट वॉज नॉन वीगन एंड ओवर अ पीरियड ऑफ टाइम आई रियलाइज दैट माई रिलेटिव माई फ्रेंड्स एंड माई एक्सटेंडेड फैमिली एक्चुअली स्टार्टेड रिस्पेक्टिंग माई चॉइस बोलो उनको पता चल गया कि मैं उल्टे का उनको वीगन बनाने का ट्राई नहीं कर रहा हूँ वो लोग मुझे वेजिटेरियन बनाने का ट्राई कर रहे पूरा उल्टा हो रहा है यहाँ तो दे स्टार्टेड यू नो रिस्पेक्टिंग माई चॉइस तो अभी मैं किसी के भी घर पे जाता हूँ तो दे नो वॉट अ वीगन इज दे नो वाई आई एम अ वीगन एंड दे आर वेरी हैप्पी टू मेक फूड फॉर मी दे एक्चुअली कुक द एंटायर मील वीगन सो एवरी वन हैज टू ईट वीगन दैट डे सो आई एम रियली हैप्पी दैट बाई जस्ट टेकिंग बाई जस्ट हैंडलिंग दिस मैटर डिफरेंटली आई वॉज एबल टू इंस्पायर दैम कैसा होता है ना इफ यू स्टार्ट रिस्पेक्टिंग अदर्स चॉइसिस दे ऑल्सो स्टार्ट रिस्पेक्टिंग योर चॉइसिस यहाँ मैंने उनको फोर्स नहीं किया कि आप वीगन बनो और वो उनको समझ में आ गया आई थिंक दैट इज द पॉइंट ऑफ अहिंसा राइट That's the point You're of given to like that kind तो of defense. काफी सारी चीजें है वर्ल्ड में एक्टिविज्म yeah. है yeah. जहां लोग जाके वीगनिज्म में कन्वर्ट करने को ट्राई करते हैं बिजनेसिसंग मार्केट वेयर पीपल डोंट फील के गोइंग वीगन इज नाउ डिफिकल्ट देन देर आर पीपल हु आर बिग स्पोर्ट्स पीपल हु गो एंड डू क्रेजी थिंग्स ऑन अ वीगन डायट दे आर प्रूविंग दैट यू डोंट नीड मीट और एग्स और डेयरी to still do such feats yeah so one everyone, example is you i mean <laughs> yeah <laughs> everyone is doing what they can yeah uh to me at the end of the day my goal is to save animals true my goal is to not let any animals get exploited killed or slaughtered for mm-hmm. food clothing uh recreation or anything mm mm-hmm. so any way is a good way yeah. uh and yeah ye vegan journey rahi hai awesome uh, you are also spreading awareness about veganism so which which projects and uh, uh, events you are like um, following and leading maybe see mostly a lot of uh, a lot of awareness happens when i am already climbing yeah i use social media extensively to yeah. talk about my climbs and my climbs as a vegan mm-hmm. and The biggest thing that happens is जब भी मैं climb करके आता हूँ तो the first questions that people start asking me is how do we train and what do we eat? Yeah. And when they ask me the question what do we eat, और अगर तभी मैं कोई answer दूंगा that will always be better than me telling them what to eat. Right. If they are asking me the question and I am giving an answer, it's a better approach. It's a much better approach. Yeah. yeah. So that's one way of sort of doing awareness. Yeah. Uh, the another way is. Uh, When I climb these mountains, uh, press wants to talk to me. Yeah. So a lot of articles are written about me. Yeah. And most articles talk about my veganism. Yeah. About three days ago, a very very famous institute in Mumbai called me. Mm-hmm. 
they said we would like uh, you to come to our institute and give a talk wow about your everest journey mm-hmm. wait there is something yeah so everything was decided mm-hmm. and then at the very end they said our institute practices ayurveda for last 100 years mm-hmm. not hun- sorry uh, ayurveda has been practiced for about 1000 years in mm-hmm. india or whatever he said some number yeah and our institute very passionately believes in ayurveda mm-hmm. and we know that you are a vegan mm-hmm. and that you talk against drinking milk and dairy yeah when you come to give the talk please don't talk about your veganism oh my god the very first thing i told them is if i cannot talk about veganism then i'm not doing your talk mm-hmm. because my ethics are not up for compromise conversation ended there yeah but aisa bhi hota hai i have now given about 184 talks wow across india and world mm-hmm. and every talk without fail i talk about veganism mm-hmm. that's my chance of telling them my diet yeah. i'm not trying to convert yeah 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 when i stood on top of everest yeah the only thing that i wanted to prove was that a vegan diet works yes i am not claiming my diet is superior to someone else's mm-hmm. diet true true all i'm trying to prove is if anyone is considering a vegan diet i can with 100% assurity and authority say that there is no lack of nutrition in this diet if a 110 kilo gujarati like me can transform his life on a vegan diet Yeah. and climb mount everest yeah. twice yeah. which only two people in entire india have done wow i can assure you there is no problem with vegan diet who is the second person there is a guy called kishor dhankude okay he's from pune and he's a very good friend wow okay i'm when i said twice i meant from both the sides yeah 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 and uh, of course uh, the biggest vegan festival of india which happens to be in mumbai yeah. it's called the ahimsa festival or now it has been renamed the one earth festival one earth festival one earth this fest- year it was renamed last year it was renamed to be one earth festival okay about more than 15000 people came to visit the festival in a single day wow that's so it's a huge festival mm-hmm. and uh, i am the brand ambassador of the festival wow that's so, amazing so so and a lot of vegan events happen across uh, in mumbai and in india mm-hmm. and i'm part of that mm-hmm. so as much as i can and if i am in mumbai mm-hmm. i'm always part of vegan events amazing and going towards uh, your personal life how does your typical day look like uh, there are two typical days mm-hmm. or maybe three typical days yeah. one typical day is when i'm training yeah another typical day is when i'm in the mountains mm-hmm. and then the third typical day is which would be a day like this where i'm yeah. not training and when i'm not in the mountains and just taking it easy yeah uh, but on all typical days i typically <laughs> tend to <laughs> wake up very early in the morning mm-hmm. uh, unless i have uh, i have had a long night working mm-hmm. uh, most days uh, if i'm training and if i have to go on a hike i will be up by 4 o'clock 4 a.m wow if i am in the mountains 6 6:30 is the by then there is too much light and i will always wake up yeah. because in the mountains you go to sleep by 6 6:30 yeah so it's a good 12 hour sleep i wake up at 6 uh, in the morning and on a day like today also i will end up waking up by 7 7:15 7:30 7, and uh, the thing that i have realized over last few years is that if you have a good meal in the morning mm-hmm. a good healthy hearty meal in the morning mm-hmm. then your rest of your day goes really well mm-hmm. so i try and eat a healthy breakfast without fail mm-hmm. even if i am in the mountains training or on a regular day 
That's a common thread. It's a common thread. Yeah. I have to have a good breakfast mm. and a reasonably sized breakfast mm. because I don't want to feel empty within two, three, four hours. All right, all right. So reasonably sized breakfast mm-hmm. and a very healthy breakfast. Mm-hmm. Uh, now that said, my breakfast for last almost eight months has been exactly the same thing every day. What what is that? And that's a product called NutriMake. NutriMake. It's a Bangalore-based company, mm-hmm. and it's a meal shake. Meal shake. It's a meal shake. Wow. So it's a powder, mm-hmm. uh, and it's completely natural. Mm-hmm. Complete like it's made from oats. It's made from ragi. Mm-hmm. It's made from gehu, mm-hmm. uh, mixed with certain seeds like watermelon seeds and pumpkin seeds, mm-hmm. and mixed with a vitamin and a mineral blend. Okay. So it's essentially a well-balanced meal mm-hmm. in form of a powder. Mm-hmm. I mix it with water, mm-hmm. shake it, and drink it, and I have about 500 calories in my body. Wow, 500 so calories! About 450 calories, I would say, in wow. my body. Wow! And I combine it sometimes with uh, two or three kelas. Okay. But so I have a reasonably sized breakfast in the morning. But you don't have any cooked meal in the morning, like. In last, Indian Gujarati family. In last right? eight nine months, ninety uh, percent of my breakfast has been Nutri Make, mm-hmm. because as much as I would like to have a Gujarati breakfast in the morning, uh, I mean at my home it's a varied breakfast. We'll eat anywhere from poha to upma to dhokla to uh, thepla. Mm-hmm. The problem with eating with a Gujarati family is that they tend to put a lot of sugar and oil in the food. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't want to be a burden on my family constantly t- telling them, "Ap ke liye alag banao, mere liye alag banao." Mm-hmm. It doesn't yeah. make sense. Doesn't make sense unless yeah. I'm willing to uh, make it myself mm-hmm. and do it. Then it's fine. Yeah. Then I'm not putting a burden on them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But for me, it's important, as I said, to have a good, well balanced, healthy meal in the morning. Yeah. So then NutriMake really has. It makes sense. It makes sense. And the reason I added NutriMake to my uh, diet is. Because when I am on the mountains, I need a really good portable meal. Body works in various ways for everyone. Yeah. For me, like if I'm not taking NutriMake in my regular life, but then I go on the mountains and suddenly take NutriMake, it's not going to give me that kind of benefit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I would rather have it in my normal life so that when I'm in the mountains, it's not like body ko acha suddenly ko dusra khare abhi. So that's the reason I have NutriMake every morning. uh but other than that um yeah have a good breakfast uh keep drinking enough water through the day mm-hmm. uh my lunch also tends to be super healthy when i am training mm-hmm. uh no oil no sugar uh, no nonsense in the food mm-hmm. uh very very vegetable uh, and uh maybe a bean centric okay so let's say i will have like a, either a rajma or a mung bean mm-hmm. or something which is boiled Okay. Mixed with maybe four or five servings of vegetables, mm-hmm. all cut. Mm-hmm. So it'll be like a big meal. Mm-hmm. Most people in my home can't even taste this meal because they think it's not tasty at all. Tasteless sort of. But to me, taste. Yeah. Taste is no longer important. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Function nutrition, is important. Nutrition is. Yeah. Nutrition and function is important. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So. very healthy lunch mm-hmm. uh but you don't eat chapatis or maybe rice it's been a very long time that i have rice anyways i never liked okay rice i will eat occasionally when i'm on the mountain mm-hmm. because they are really good carbohydrates yeah uh but otherwise i don't like rice mm-hmm. uh chapatis i love but i have stopped eating 
okay uh, so that i could focus more on eating uh, better food yeah, yeah not that chapati is not better food chapati is great food yeah uh, but i would rather eat uh, more uh, nutrition dense food yeah which is course. where uh, it's mostly vegetables and a uh, bean because when you eat chapatis a lot of calories go into that right which is okay yeah, yeah. i'm not someone who counts calories yeah yeah okay so to me calories are not a matter i as i said to me it's the function and the nutrition which is more important mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and so it to your point in most of the nights i will end up eating chapatis okay okay because let's say mere ghar pe franki banaye mm mm-hmm. बट फ्रैंकी के लिए मैदे की रोटी बनाएंगे उसको पूरा बटर या फिर तेल में पूरा ये करेंगे आई डोंट डू दैट इंस्टेड व्हाट आई डू इज आई मेक अ होल वीट चपाती आई टेक द फ्रैंकी मसाला आई पुट इट इन बिटवीन एंड देन आई जस्ट बेक इट इन द ओवन ओके दैट्स हाउ यू डू इट अगर पाव वड़ा बन रहा है घर में तो वो जो वड़ा पाव का जो अंदर का मसाला है वो लेके चपाती के अंदर डाल के रोल करके खा लिया ओके ओके सो As much as I don't eat chapatis in lunch, mm-hmm. I end up eating fair bit of chapatis in my dinner. Okay, okay. So no, I, it's not like logo lagta chapati kharaab hai, rice kharaab hai. As I don't know, kya ho gaya logo ko? See, I think a simple menu of dal, bhat, roti, sabji, as long as it's cooked with less amount of oil and less amount of sugar, and that you are eating more vegetable quantity mm-hmm. and less mm-hmm. rice quantity. Let's say ab ab ka plate hai. और उसमें बहुत सारा सब्जी है बहुत सारा दाल है और कम राइस है आई थिंक दैट वुड बी प्रीटी नाइस बी अ बैलेंस्ड मील वुड बी प्रीटी गुड बैलेंस्ड मील या सो या सो टिल व्हेन यू आर डन विद द डिनर डेली आई ट्राई एंड फिनिश द डिनर बाय 8 8:30 8:30 ओके समटाइम्स इट गोस लेटर देन दैट ओके बट वंस माय डिनर इज डन लाइक इफ आई फिनिश डिनर एट 8:30 आफ्टर 8:30 नो फूड ओके सो नो फूड एब्सोल्युटली I'm not touching anything. Mm-hmm. Simply does not happen in my life. Last meal, मतलब last meal, end. Then you let your body you do this thing. Work, digestion. Work on the digestion. Yeah, yeah. And then I give myself about an hour and half before I go to sleep. Yeah. So like till nine thirty or so you are down. Ah, uh, I work for a US company, so there are times that I have to stay awake. Okay. Yeah. 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 For some days it yeah, might be the yeah. case. Okay. All right. And. Do you also do any kind of meditation practice or mindfulness practice on usual basis? I get this question a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have never done meditation in my life mm-hmm. because I think that when I'm in the mountains or even for that matter when I'm at home I am in that state anyway. Mm-hmm. So I don't need to do anything special to get that meditative state. Get into state. that zone. Yeah. Yeah. I am always in that zone like hulk <laughs> no <laughs> but at least when i'm in the yeah, mountains jokes apart at, at least when i'm in the mountains i am meditating all the time yeah, because yeah. in mountains you have to be so focused mm-hmm. and with every step your rhythm has to match your breathing has to match so it's almost as if you are meditating when you are climbing Yeah. For me, climbing is meditation. Yeah, because you are with yourself completely. Completely. Yeah. In that moment, focusing, uh, staying alive, making sure that everything is fine. It, it's just meditation. Mm-hmm. I don't need to, you know, sit and uh, do anything else and yeah, yeah, do yeah. yoga or do all other things right. to meditate. Uh, that said, since I said yoga, mm-hmm. to me, I someday hope to. uh learn yoga mm-hmm. not from its meditative perspective yeah but more from increasing agility and flexibility, flexibility. in my body flexibility yeah. yeah 
All right. And can you name a person who has had a big impact on your life? Maybe like a mentor? Uh, I have had quite a few mentors in my professional life. Mm-hmm. At least three mentors who have shaped who I am as a person. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but truly speaking, my biggest mentor of life has been the Himalaya. Himalayas. And so it's not been a person, but it's been a place or it's been... It's been the nature. The and journey the and the nature, yeah. yeah. Uh, and look, I come from a startup environment. Yeah, I yeah. still work for a startup. Yeah. And if you look at what startups hire, they hire people with very high IQ but very low patience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because they just want people to, you know, like get stuff done, get stuff done. They're like, you know, it's always a very dynamic environment. I'm, I'm not very critical of that profile or I'm not critical of startups. But... Um, I fit that profile. That's why I got hired in startup. Yeah, yeah. And um, and what I learned in last ten years of being in the Himalaya is is patience. It is what the biggest teaching of Himalaya has been. Uh, when you are in the mountains, uh, getting to the top is not on in your hand. Yeah. Getting to the top is solely in the hands of the mountains. You just surrender yourself to you the mountains. You just surrender yourself to the mountains. Yeah. And I don't want to give the human attribute of loving someone or doing something to the mountains. Mm-hmm. But truly speaking, when you are in the natures and the outdoors, it's you are always at the disposal of natures and the outdoors. True. And the mountains. Mm-hmm. It's the mountain that decides whether I'm going to get to the top or not. Yeah. And once you ha- once you truly understand that. As you said, you surrender yourself to the mountains. Yeah. It doesn't mean that you dimag chhod diya side mein. <laughs> yes, yes, of course. You have to be alert. You have to be focused. Yes. You have to be situationally very aware what's yeah. going on. Yeah. But at the same time, you let go of control. Be very humble. I mean. Be very yeah. humble. Yeah. Because you're going like on a section of Everest, there's a section of Khumbu Icefall. Yeah. Any moment you can die inside that section. Because a block of ice can fall on you and you can get killed. Oh my god. 50% of all deaths in Everest have happened in that section. Khumbu ice fall. Okay. So when you are passing through that section and it takes about 5, 6, maybe 7 hours to pass through that section, mm-hmm. your next moment could be your death. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean that I'm going to Yes, yes. And doesn't mean that I'm going to side my mind. I'm situationally very aware. I'm seeing what's going on. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I have let go of control that my life is in my hand. My mm-hmm. life is not in my hand, my life is in the mountain. Ke mein. True. But I am situationally aware, I am focused, I am alert. Hu. Yes. I am seeing what is happening, So I think that feeling of letting go of control, when it happened for me the first time when I was walking through the Khumbu ice wall, it was such a liberating feeling. It means that my life changed. So this feeling of intense insane amount of patience in my life mm-hmm. I think that is all thanks to my mentor Himalaya mm-hmm. and not that he Himalaya is teaching me it's just that you have to be a very very open minded uh, student who is willing to learn mm. wow that's amazing Himalaya is a mentor yeah who better can be <laughs> <laughs> wow and moving on uh, can you also Tell us some apps or maybe gadgets you use on daily basis uh, which might make your life a little better in some ways. I use a lot of gadgets mm-hmm. but none of that gadgets are making my life good in any way. 
Facebook, Instagram, all the social media is not making my life good in any way. Yeah, but I mean, they are uh, letting you, uh, they are yes. allowing you to spread your messages and indeed, uh, indeed. tell your stories. Indeed. Yeah. So I, I definitely use social media mm-hmm. to uh, share my photos, mm-hmm. uh, share my experiences, yeah. share my learnings. Yeah. And the whole idea is that I hope that someone can uh, read that and maybe it will inspire them, it will change their life. Yeah. So that's definitely one. But other than that, from from a from a very fitness or from an app perspective or for a gadget perspective, uh, I think it has been about two and a half years ago is when I bought my last watch, which was the Phoenix 3 HR. Phoenix 3 HR, okay. Uh, it was from Garmin. Garmin. I used that watch for one month. Mm-hmm. Uh, along with a chest strap uh, heart monitor yes yes and since then i have been doing puja of it every day at my home <laughs> uh, since that i have never bought a watch mm-hmm. uh, since that i have never bought a gadget still uh, you are using it with the chest strap i no longer use that because i'm doing its puja every day <laughs> it's just in a showcase i have actually oh, wow. i have actually cut myself off from technology okay now. okay so now even when i'm in the mountains a lot of people say do you have an altimeter do you mm. have a watch yeah. i don't have a watch even today i don't have a watch yeah 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 i wow. simply stopped wearing a watch i have removed this dependence on gadgets mm-hmm. so if someone asks me what my heart rate i can just you know uh, put it put my two fingers on the neck and say okay Wow. It's about 65. Wow. <laughs> so it's just simple. I've stopped depending on gadgets anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's been two and a half years now. I've not used these watches or anything. Mm-hmm. And I don't intend to until there is a product that's going to be seriously valuable. Yeah. Every product in the market, I don't see any value. I don't want to count my steps. Yeah. I don't want to count my distance. I don't want to count my elevation. I'm not interested in any of those things. Yeah. I can check my heart rate on my own. Yeah. What, what else, else these gadgets are showing? Nothing. <laughs> there's no value in adding these gadgets to my life. True. So if there's a gadget that's going to add serious value to my life. Yeah. I'll definitely consider. Mm-hmm. So it's not as if I'm like a technology ke against to. Yeah. But it doesn't make sense eventually. And uh, what under 5,000 purchases uh, you might have made recently, which uh, anything which gave you joy? I tried thinking about this a <laughs> lot. <laughs> maybe anything uh, related to your expedition, maybe small things. Um I can't think of any anything Material that I bought thing. with uh any 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 tangible object that I bought that has given me or made my life better. I think mm-hmm. it's mostly it's mostly amazing experiences that have made my mm-hmm. uh, life better. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. so maybe going into the mountains and climbing a mountain that has made my life better but not really buying something that has no material thing <laughs> no not maybe buy. seeing the mount everest i mean for the first time that was the experience that that, that <laughs> definitely so yeah majority of my money gets spent in climbing mountains <laughs> yeah true true and any book or any movie or documentary you would like to recommend to the audience yes yes definitely in terms of a book Uh, there is a book called No Shortcuts to the Top. Mm-hmm. It's written by a very famous American mountaineer mm-hmm. called Ed Vistoors. Okay. This is this is one book that significantly influenced my life. Mm-hmm. Um, I look up to Ed as uh, a role model mm-hmm. for mountaineers, mm-hmm. and I look up to how he has lived his life, both on and off the mountains. Mm-hmm. How he has balanced his relationships. with his family with his wife with his kids with uh with mountains 
एंड जस्ट द फैक्ट दैट ही पुट्स हिज सेफ्टी अबाउ एवरीथिंग एल्स वेन ही इज ऑन द माउंटेन्स इज समथिंग दैट आई पिक्ट अप आई एम अ वेरी 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 रिस्क अवर्स माउंटेनियर पीपल मे थिंक दैट आई डू क्रेजी थिंग्स बट लेट मी टेल यू दैट इफ आई गो ऑन द माउंटेन्स एंड इफ आई थिंक समथिंग इज डेंजरस आई विल बेल आउट Hmm. I will simply bail out. I don't care the amount of money I have paid or what is at line. <laughs> If my life is at line or my fingers are at line or my toes are at line, that is non-negotiable. Hmm. I am going to bail out and I am going to come home. True. Then people can say whatever they want to say. So that's something I learned from Ed that you have to value your life, your fingers, your toes, your general well-being hmm. over getting to the top. Hmm. Getting to the top is simply a bonus. Yeah. Getting down is mandatory. Is, is the main part. Is the main part. Wow. And I, and a movie also. Yeah. If your viewers can watch the movie called Cowspiracy. 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 Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it's essentially about uh, global warming and climate change, mm-hmm. and what we as humans can do to try and fix that. Yeah, I think I saw it doing the rounds on the social media recently. I yeah. think it was showcased in Mumbai. In in, well, in right? Mumbai. Yeah, and it is produced by Leonardo DiCaprio. DiCaprio, right? right. Wow. And I think it's also available on Netflix. So people who have Netflix, I think it's available on Netflix. Yeah, the we'll, we'll that, check it out and put it in yeah, the show notes. Yeah. yeah. So if people can watch that, that would be awesome. Wow, awesome! And any any new next challenge you are looking forward to? Any new goal? Um, I am thinking about it. uh but uh, there are seven highest mountains in the seven continents of the world mm-hmm. i have now climbed the highest mountain in asian continent and mm-hmm. i have climbed highest mountain in Kil- in african continent which is kilimanjaro mount kilimanjaro recently you did that right and i have also climbed the highest mountain in the russian continent elbru uh, uh, in the U- europe continent which is in russia called elbrus elbrus the only problem with my elbrus climb is that i was a 100% dietary vegan but i was still wearing a down jacket Okay. Because this climb was done five years ago, mm-hmm. so I aspire to finish all the seven mountains, including Elbrus again, mm-hmm. on a one hundred percent vegan lifestyle. Wow. I don't think any vegan has done all the seven mountains. Mm-hmm. There are dietary. There is. There are one or two dietary vegans who have done all the seven, mm-hmm. but no vegan who has done all the seven. without eating or wearing animals so that's what my wow. aspiration is so which which other mountains are there i mean uh, so i've done everest i've done kilimanjaro yeah. so asia uh, is covered africa done yeah elbrus in russia yeah uh, denali in north america denali denali, denali yeah uh, aconcagua in south america mm-hmm. uh, mount winson in antarctica antarctica right oh my god and uh, finally there is a mountain called karstens pyramid mm-hmm. uh, in australasia australasia it's ne- it's near indonesia mm-hmm. and so yeah these are the seven mountains wow. so five remaining that's the goal five remaining that's wow. the goal yeah all right uh, finally before we wrap up this conversation kuntal any advice you would like uh, to give to people who are aspiring to become uh, mountain climbers basically or maybe even aspiring to uh, climb the mount everest if any one piece of advice you would like good to give good point i i get hundreds of messages throughout the year yeah. they want to climb everest what to do i still think that creating a top of the world mind and body is the way to go 
डू अ माउंटेनियरिंग कोर्स डू एज मेनी एक्सपीडिशन एज यू कैन बिल्ड एज मच एक्सपीरियंस इन वाइड वेराइटी ऑफ कंडीशन क्लाइम इन द नाइट क्लाइम इन द नाइट क्लाइम इन रेजिंग स्नो स्टॉम्स क्लाइम वेर यू नो योर वन हैंड इज नॉट वर्किंग सो यू कीप योर वन हैंड बिहाइंड एंड देन जस्ट क्लाइम विद वन हैंड ट्राई क्लाइंबिंग विदाउट हैंड्स इमेजिन दैट इफ यू फेल डाउन एंड योर टू हैंड्स आर ब्रोकन But your two two legs are still working, yeah. and you have to rescue yourself. Wow! If you have not even tried it, if you have not put yourself in that condition, condition, what are you going to do then? Hmm. So try in wide variety of conditions, climb in wide variety of conditions, build crazy amount of experience, mm-hmm. build Superman level physical fitness, mm-hmm. build Superman level mental fitness. Mm-hmm. You can do. What I tell people is. Over prepare, over prepare, over prepare. Always over prepare. This is the biggest thing that you are going to do in life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you are going to take shortcuts, you are the one who is going to end up dead. Yeah. Four Indians died this year. Yeah. Five Indians faked their summits. Faked their summits. Faked their summits. They photoshopped pictures. Oh my God. Indians' reputation has taken a gigantic beating in the mountaineering community of the world. Mm-hmm. The only way we can fix this. Mm-hmm. is by training hard and by going and doing kick ass stuff mm-hmm. and by showing the world that we are not cheaters yeah that we work hard mm-hmm. that we work hard more than anyone else in the world mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. we climb and we climb hard and we climb in style yeah and that can yeah. only be done if you if you do what i said yes like you know over over prepare all the time yeah wow yeah It was great talking to you, Kuntal. Where can people reach you if they want to reach out? Uh, I am most of the times available on Facebook Messenger, mm-hmm. so people can follow me on Facebook. Mm-hmm. People can follow me on Instagram, mm-hmm. uh, and I have a website www. kuntaljoyshar. com. Mm-hmm. People can go check out my profile on the website, and if uh, they want to reach out to me, they can even send a message to, through the website. All right. All right. All right so all the good stuff and all these links and the details which we discussed about I'll put that in the show notes of this episode. Okay. It was great talking to you Kuntal and I hope you climb all the seven mountains Thank which you are so aspiring to. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much. Hey guys this is Himanshu again. Now before you move on here's something I want to share with you. I have one weekly newsletter which is called Saturday Pentacle. You can think of it as a weekly one-page magazine for the curious minds where you'll find five awesome things which I've been pondering on in the last week. It may contain popular articles, blogs, photographs, Instagram posts, books, videos, products or thoughts. It's completely free. If you want to get it, just go to himanshusasdeva.com. That's my name himanshusasdeva.com and drop in your email you'll get the very next one i hope you enjoy it and thank you for listening